This episode is sponsored by EY. Money is changing. So where do we go from here? Through high-profile interviews and thought-provoking analysis, join Michael Casey and Sheila Warren for the Money Reimagined podcast as they explore the connection between finance, human culture, and our increasingly digital lives. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. And now, here's Michael Casey. Hello and welcome to Money Reimagined. I'm Michael Casey coming to you from Davos, that ridiculously impractical village in uh, the Swiss Alps where the World Economic Forum is hosted, which is where I am, and for the very first time in person with my co-host, <laughs> Jill Warren, my God, oh my God, it's been like a year and a half, two years, how long have I forget how long it's been, but we have never time. done this, right? We have never been together in the, we have been together in the same place, but we've That's never right. been able to actually physically film this we'll like this. We don't want to go to the sausage making too heavily, but it's difficult unless you have two cameras to actually be in the same place in this, this time That's we've right. got it figured out. So this is going to be great. So today we're talking about quantum computing. You've probably heard about it. Maybe you know a little bit about it. Maybe you know a lot about how it is going to massively accelerate computation. Well, that process is going to also completely overturn the system of encryption upon which everything about our digital world is based. It is also going to have a massive impact on blockchain. Well, our guest today, the CEO of Sandbox AQ, Jack Hittery, is here to tell us and the blockchain community that it needs to be prepared for this and that it needs to act now. This is gonna have a dramatic impact on blockchains. But it's not all bad news. In fact, Jack's message is that quantum computing is gonna have a very positive impact on how the world tackles some of the biggest challenges of our time and also how blockchains can be extremely valuable in how that goes forward. But before we talk to Jack, let's just get into a little bit of a discussion about what this very strange week in Davos has been like. So, this is obviously not your yes. first WEF rodeo. No, uh, but it's my fact, first post-WEF rodeo. Right, because rodeo. you're no longer WEF. <laughs> That's right. You're an ex-WEF. I am ex-WEF, indeed. Yes, <laughs> indeed. But uh, how has it been being an ex-WEF and how has been, I mean, also yeah. very different. This is, if you notice in the backdrop there, there is no snow. Uh, there's a little tiny bit, I think, on the top of those mountains, but this is a yeah. very different Davos from what we've been used to in the January. But anyway, how has yeah, it well, been? Well, different, different physical challenges. We went yes. from fear of breaking a leg or an arm on the ice to pollen count being very very high, meaning every time someone sneezes, there's a lot of the, right. of what's the going on. Is, you know, <laughs> exactly right. Other, other, this pandemic thing that is the very reason why we haven't been together. Exactly. We live in a very weird world. And lots of bizarre. issues on the table for that reason, obviously, yes. at this way. Well, interesting to see how inside the Congress Center you're getting a lot of discussion, of course, about the invasion of Ukraine, climate crisis, recession, slash depression, possibly. Outside, I think the mood's exuberant. And one thing that's been really marked to me is just my first Davos as a WEF employee, WEF staff running the blockchain team there was 2018. And so then you walked down the promenade and you saw you know, Crypto Chalet and Crypto House, and it was a very different, I was handed a shot ski at one point, right? <laughs> like very different atmosphere. Now you walk down the promenade, same I would say presence of blockchain and crypto, but it's brands, right. it's companies that Absolutely. are now, have, and so you, just the visual on the maturity of the space evolving from that time, 2018 to now, yeah. it's really, I feel like a lot, a sense of pride, I think. Yeah, right. Also, we've just certainly got the marketing figured out, right? We've got <laughs> the technology figured out. There you go. Well, that's questions. what we're going to discuss today. And so, why don't we bring in Jack Hittery? Jack. Hello, hello. Hi, hello. Hey, Michael. How are you? Very well. Now, um, 
You have a big message for uh, the crypto community uh, around uh, quantum technologies, which is which is coming faster than people think. Right? First of all, tell us what you are, what what's uh, sure. Who are you, Zachary? Sure. And and uh, yeah, break down what the big sure. the big message. Because it's great to be with you both, and I'm glad you now are both together being able to <laughs> podcast. That's good news. Uh, and there has been a, just a, throughout the week, just a lot of people who haven't seen each other for so many years coming together. So it's really really good to see that, and it is good to be in a nicer weather environment, <laughs> uh, for sure. And this is a beautiful place. In terms of what we do, I'm CEO of Sandbox AQ. AQ is for AI and quantum. These are two very powerful tools that we can use now to solve a lot of big pressing challenges in our society. And we'll get into that, I think, in a little bit today. And Sandbox AQ, we nurture this inside of Alphabet, and we really thank Alphabet for all their support over a five plus year period. And March 22nd, we spun out into the world, we became an independent company, uh, and we started talking about what we're doing. And one of the biggest challenges in terms of quantum computing within the quantum technology world is on cryptography, and we'll talk about that in a second. First, briefly, the other two areas what we do is we use quantum equations to think about how to accelerate drug discovery. And when we look at drug discovery, a small molecule, on average, if you, let's say the three of us are working in a lab and we're thinking about Alzheimer's and we have some potential compounds for Alzheimer's, unfortunately, it's gonna take about 10 years for us to go from molecule to medicine. That's a long time. My father has got uh, Alzheimer's in advance. If you could speed it up, please. Exactly, no, no, seriously. These are serious, very serious issues. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, neurodegen is one of the fastest growing areas of disorders in the world. Uh, between Alzheimer's, neurodegen, dementias, and other related uh, conditions. Then, we, of course, we have oncology. And we have about 7,000 underdrugged or undrugged diseases in the world, including mm -hmm. neurodegenerative diseases, including oncology, cardiovascular, so on and so forth. And we only get approved collectively across biotech and pharma about 50 new drugs a year. And so we have to speed up this process. Well, guess what? When atoms and molecules meet, they don't speak English. They speak quantum to each other. That's the language of atoms and molecules. Mm -hmm. And now, really for the first time, we, the generation of humans living now, we can now harness these equations given to us by folks here in Switzerland and Europe 100 years ago, the, the founders of quantum mechanics. We can take these same equations and we can now run them on huge arrays of very fast processing chips. Mm -hmm. These chips are called GPUs. They're the same GPUs, mm -hmm. by the way, yeah. used by the miners, right? Mm -hmm. Used by certainly uh, not the non-Bitcoin, but certainly a lot of them in yeah. the other crypto. Exactly. Mining, used by AI. Used by and the initial GPU, of course, the G in GPU is graphics yeah. processing unit yeah. because it's used by video games. Yeah. And so all this started with faster, faster processing for video games. Mm -hmm. It was hijacked by the AI community. It was hijacked by the crypto mining community, and now we in the quantum community have realized that we can run our quantum equations on these wonderful processors. Not one or two, we need 10 to 20,000 in a big data center. But running them there, we can start to accelerate drug discovery and really start to shave down the years and the cost that it takes to make a new drug. The same thing we talked about clean tech. Here in Davos this week, we talked a lot about sustainability, talked yeah. about clean tech. We need battery systems, large arrays of batteries to store the solar and wind energy, mm. to keep it overnight and so, so we can use it overnight when, say, the sun is not shining, to make it from intermittent energy to baseload energy. We need cheaper and better batteries for electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. And if we think right now there's a crunch on cobalt, on lithium, on the key elements of batteries, wait till now GM and Ford, thankfully, have all announced 
that their new lineups of cars are all going to be EVs. I mean, this is mm. really good stuff. Well, the impact on the supply yeah. chain is yeah. but exactly. So we need better battery chemistry. Well, how do you do that? Mm. We're back to the atoms and molecules. Right. And so again, we want to use our technology to do simulations, billions of simulations on these large arrays of GPUs. Mm -hmm. And so this is a kind of quantum that we can do today. We don't have to wait till quantum computers. Mm -hmm. We love the idea of quantum computers, of course, <laughs> but it's gonna be a few years until they scale okay. on their own. So eventually, the future, just to share with yourselves and our audience here today, the future of computing is a hybridized, is a mesh between a CPU, a GPU, and a QPU, a quantum okay. processing unit. Okay. This hybridized mesh, is where we're going as, um, as a future computing platform. But right now we have these wonderful GPUs that all these companies have given us. We can now harness them for the first time mm. with quantum equations. So what does that mean for blockchain technology? So let's come back now to cryptography. Mm. Blockchain is an incredible innovation. And uh, I believe very strongly that society can benefit very significantly from blockchain technology in terms of how we track assets, in terms of all the uh, financial innovation and DeFi that we can put on blockchain. So we want to make sure blockchain succeeds. But to do that, we have to make sure it's sustainable in all the implications of sustainability, not just in terms of the environmental issue, which of course is critical. And many people are thinking about that right now, how to, for example, move from proof of work to proof of stake, as an example. That's a critical transformation that is needed now to reduce by some estimates are 70, 80% the amount of carbon footprint of uh, some of the cryptocurrency mining. But beyond that, we have to think about the true sustainability of the actual blockchain itself. Today's episode is sponsored by EY Blockchain. As businesses prepare for the token economy, EY is committed to building a better working world and connecting global business ecosystems on the public Ethereum blockchain. To learn more about the EY blockchain portfolio of products and services, visit blockchain.ey.com. That's blockchain.ey.com. Blockchain is an innovation that's built on public key cryptography. And public key cryptography, there's a lot of ways to implement that. The two major ways that were chosen by the blockchain community over the last number of years are RSA technology, and ECC technology, and maybe we should break those two down. Yeah. RSA is Revest, Shamir, and Edelman, three brilliant individuals, RSNA, who came up with this idea back in the 70s, and they issued their paper in 1978. And since then, we've used that as one of the standard ways of having encrypted safe communications, mm -hmm. encrypted safe storage of information, both data in motion and data at rest. And that's a pretty good run for a standard. 40 plus years is a pretty good run for any tech standard, I think we'll have to admit. But it's now time to replace that. It was thought a number of years ago that we could move to ECC, elliptic curved cryptography. So RSA depends on the idea that if I have two numbers, it's pretty easy to multiply those two numbers and get a very large number. Let's say a number that's 4,000 digits long. That's a pretty big number. And it's difficult though to take, if I gave you that 4,000 digit number, it's very hard to actually break down what were the two numbers that Jack used to make that big number. So we call that a one-way trapdoor function. It's a one-way function because it's easy to go one way, hard to go the other way. And the trapdoor is the private key. So that if you're sending a secret message to Michael, 
and you use his public key. You encrypt your message, you send it to Michael. Michael has his private key, that's the trapdoor. Mm -hmm. If I try to eavesdrop into that conversation and look at that message that you send over, it's all garbled to me. Mm -hmm. I cannot reverse it. It would yeah. take billions of years yeah. on the biggest supercomputer <laughs> to try to reverse one message mm -hmm. impractical. Mm -hmm. So that's the RSA idea. And that has worked really well for society. That has led to e-commerce. It's led to our yeah. banking system. Our system. It's led yeah. the That's entire right. world. Yes. Exactly. Yes. This is yes. way beyond blockchain. Yes. Right, right. And so block, it's understandable why the blockchain founders mm -hmm. chose RSA mm -hmm. for many of the blockchains. Once people started to realize that RSA probably would be cracked, because in 1994, Peter Shore, then of Bell Labs, now of MIT, brilliant, brilliant uh, computer scientist and mathematician, wrote a paper that proved mathematically that quantum computers one day would crack RSA. That quantum computers, they don't speed everything up. Mm -hmm. That's a misunderstanding okay. that many mm -hmm. people have. Okay. That quantum computers just are buzzing around That's like hamsters right. in a yeah. wheel or something like that. Quantum computers are wonderful machines. They don't speed everything, but one of the things they do very well, it turns out, is to do something called period finding, and period finding of a function turns out to be the thread that you pull okay. out of a sweater and the whole sweater comes out, and that sweater is called RSA. Okay. okay. And, so, and so when Peter Shore demonstrated that to all of us in the community back in 94, mm -hmm. people started to realize, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> uh, time. Party's oh. coming to an end. <laughs> it could take a while to build these, but it's going to happen. Yeah. It's yeah. going to happen. And so at that time, uh, mathematicians were developing something called elliptic curve cryptography. Elliptic curves, if I, we drew them on a board, would be like kind of this kind of shape, like this kind of bizarre, sh bizarre shape like that. Uh, and what you do is you pick two points, and because, um, so I give you as my public key basically the curve, and I keep as my private key the points that I've chosen. There's an infinite number of points, so okay. once again, it's a one-way trapdoor function. It has that same beautiful characteristic that we wanted for public key cryptography. You and now, again, can send a secret message mm -hmm. using Michael's public key. Right. I tried to eavesdrop, I cannot read what that is because only Michael has his secret points. Right. And then, and use it as a private key and you unravel the message that way. So ECC is quite beautiful mm -hmm. and it's very elegant and for those who are uh, inclined to these sorts of things who are listening to <laughs> us today, I encourage people to watch a few videos. Mm -hmm. Now with YouTube, it is very accessible right. to look up RSA, look up ECC, but here's the problem. What we realized soon after the introduction of ECC is that it is just as vulnerable mm -hmm. as RSA. Not uh, a little hard, it's just exactly as vulnerable. Okay. And so quantum computers unfortunately crack okay. ECC as well. So, so, so we what do we do now? So though, how urgent is this? And, and, and you pointed out, as you were just saying, this is not only for, for blockchains, this is something that affects everything. And in, encryption is the essence of how we communicate with each other over the internet. I mean, it's just really fundamental. So well, it's, it's, it's all communication. And let me yeah, just add, yeah. it's all storage of information. Okay, so wow. hospital data, that's big, yes. right? So we yeah. talk about all the laws that we've all Anything passed encrypted. appropriately to protect patient right. data. So, so how do we protect this? That all right now is encrypted in RSA. Okay. Yeah. We have to now re-encrypt, re-encrypt. Yeah. So the question is what to do. Right. And so here's a piece of good news. <laughs> a piece of good news is that about uh, six years ago, many governments of the world, about 40 governments in total, got together and said, we need to address this issue. This issue is coming. This is six years ago. And they formed a, a coalition of different uh, scientists, experts, and others, and started and this is great, an open process, a process open to all of us, open to the academics, open to the industry community, open to all those interested in participating in this. About 80 submissions were submitted to the process as candidates 
for a post-RSA world, hmm. as candidates hmm. for a post-ECC world, hmm. a world in which we can still have public key encryption, right. critical for how we communicate, how we do everything in the world, but not dependent on elliptic curves and not dependent on this idea of trying to factor a large number, the things that quantum uh -huh. is very good at. And so, were they specifically, these submissions, designed to address the, the threat of quantum? Exactly. Right? Okay. Exa okay. And so, Everyone who submitted is very familiar with what quantum can do. Okay. They're familiar with cryptography. So it really took many disciplines. This was an interdisciplinary coalition and collaboration that had to happen. Mm -hmm. No one human necessarily has all this expertise. Right. And so thousands of people were involved in trying to figure out what would be the right post-RSA okay. protocols, the, what we call them the quantum safe protocols. Mm -hmm. And so it turns out out of 80 submissions, they did a culling and then another culling, another culling. So three cullings mm -hmm. down to a boiled down set, okay, <laughs> of about 15 protocols. And of those, seven are the core. And the reason why this discussion today is so timely that in about three weeks time from this podcast oh, yeah. today, we're going to get the specs, the final specs on the first two of those protocols. Oh, mm. And so this is a very key moment in time for all of human society, mm. where we move from a 40-year-old standard, wow. RSA, mm. that's been with us and helped us mm. build the society that we have right now, and now moving to the next generation mm. of encryption technology. Mm -hmm. And that impacts blockchain, it impacts everything. And so here's the good news. We, the, the folks did the process right, it was an open process, mm -hmm. multiple stakeholders, multiple countries, everyone had visibility into that process, mm -hmm. because we can never trust an encryption standard that has not been put under the sunlight. You need the sunlight right. to, to show it and to make peer sure review it is. Peer review on steroids. Right? Exactly, like, this is yeah. mass peer review, yeah. exactly. And so what's exciting is that we can now take these new standards and we can now begin to re-encrypt all of our hospital data, re-encrypt critical data that might be intellectual property in our companies, mm -hmm and also begin the critical work of redoing the foundations of the blockchain. This is the moment to start collaborating mm -hmm. between the encryption community, the cyber community, mm -hmm. and the blockchain community, to have these two communities come together, mm -hmm. and in an orderly process, not a mad scramble in three, four years, okay, but in an orderly way, mm -hmm. to kind of come together and say, all right, how do we begin to move this over? Just like now, there's a big transition from proof of work to proof of stake, right? Mm -hmm. That took a number of years. It wasn't overnight. Yeah. That is happening. Bitcoin has much, you know, so I'm not, I'm yeah. not going there. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. But, I mean, this is all making me think of Y2K. Right? I was about to say that. And I was like, Y2K yes. had this distinct deadline, right. right? And of course, it didn't turn out to be such a big deal after all. Uh, this well, does sound like a big deal. Effort, right, right part yeah. of the effort, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, hey, is there some sense of a deadline? Like, what, how fast does it end? how well can this get coordinated? Because you're talking about everybody having to do this, yeah. right? And, yeah. and is, is quantum gonna run faster than, we don't know how fast quantum's gonna reach a point where it, it feels like a break race. everything. That's exactly. Right. It's like a cat and mouse Are we okay? Are we okay? Are we okay? Relax everybody. It's a great question. So people have called it Q-Day, people call right. it Y2Q, right. you right. know, right. so they're right. having right. these names <laughs> bandied about. This is much yeah. larger. Yeah. And Y2K was, it ended up, uh, being okay because everyone addressed it, right? So we, yeah, you know, perfect. everyone did all the recoding. This is much more pervasive. This is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Every the foundation of society is encryption, right? Because without that, we can't have all the different ways that we interact. The banking system, uh, the the formulas for pharma inside pharma companies. Mm -hmm. All this is bedrocked on on strong encryption, and so. Uh, 
the, the issue for data that we have that is valuable right now is the urgency is because of SNDL. Okay, SNDL. By the way, what's fun about this whole area is that you can get lots of new acronyms to take to your friends at cocktail parties <laughs> and impress them. So, so yeah, if you're gonna, you're just gonna walk up and say, are you worried about SNDL? And your friends will be like, wow, impressive. She, wow, that's wow, the one thing fantastic. That's yeah. the one thing I'm talking yeah. from Dallas. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Sound right. that's SNDL, sound right. store now. Decrypt later. What does that mean? It means that okay, if, yeah. if we're, let's say, in a company and we've developed some intellectual property, let's mm -hmm. say uh, some new layer two technology, whatever it is, uh, and we want to keep that secret, obviously, okay. initially, um, people can exfiltrate from our servers. And let's say we've encrypted it in RSA or ECC. They can, they can exfiltrate it and then read it a number of years from now. Mm -hmm. So that's store now. They store it now on their servers, right? It's also something called steel now. And <laughs> then they decrypt it later in a few years when they have enough computing power. Okay. So that's the concern right now with things outside the blockchain. Now, inside the blockchain, we have a little more time because it's mainly the real-time use of of digital signatures that we're worried about. Right. Because in that moment when I am using uh, a coin, there's a window of time that if I had the capability to read that particular yeah. thing, then I could double spend the coin. Yeah. And so there's other, there's other ways of manipulating the chain that would be really uh, ruinous to the entire idea of blockchain. So we have a little bit of time when it comes to blockchain, but because it takes so many years to transfer these things over, mm -hmm. we have to start now. Right. We have to start now. And so the blockchain itself, right now, we need to kind of look at it and say, how do we come together as a community and begin the transition right. from RSA, ECC, over to these new quantum safe protocols? That's our mission yeah. today. The, the word community matters, right, Sheila? Because Very this is so. not, yep. I mean, the, one of the fundamental strengths, but also therefore challenges of the blockchain <laughs> is you need consensus amongst That's all right. the participants. Yes. Right? And it's going to take a while. Right. It's going to take a while. This, this process <laughs> of changing all the blockchain could take four or five years. Yeah. And, and that's part of the understanding of why we need to start this process now. Mm -hmm. Engaging communities together, understanding that. And we've had a lot of great conversations with people in the blockchain community and people are very open to it. They're coming to us now. Oh, church bell time. Oh, I love <laughs> uh, the elves in the spring. So here's a question for you. So you talked about this kind of bracket where these new methodologies are coming forward and there's seven that remain and two are going to be yeah. uh, released. Of the seven, we're first going to get two. And this okay. is going to be a very interesting world, Sheila, because unlike RSA, we mainly just had one standard for yeah. 40 years. We're now going to have a basket of so this standards. Is, this is my question. Yeah. So, the blockchain community coming together, do they have to align on one of these or all of these? Or Each how does particular that... blockchain will have to choose amongst these. And why seven? Why have seven? Why can't yeah. we just be a simple world, please, <laughs> and go from one to another? The answer is that the world isn't simple. There's pros and cons, there's trade-offs with each of these different sevens. Some are faster, yet have a, a good level of security, but not the highest level of security, okay. say for certain kinds oh, of government. Not unlike consensus algorithms. Right. Okay, we're familiar and, with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's really interesting trade-offs of each one, mm. and that's why the cyber community, we wanted to give everyone in the world a choice. And so there's gonna be ultimately five to seven that are standardized, that are put out there. The first two coming out in literally weeks from this conversation right now. And uh, that's going to give people choices. And so that's, again, part of this conversation okay. with the blockchain community is for each particular blockchain application, which one do we want to use for that particular blockchain? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's, again, why it's going to take years mm -hmm. for okay. this transition okay. to happen. Yeah. But mm -hmm. let's start now. Yes. Yes. So that in a few Davoses, when we're still sitting here, maybe yeah. probably looking at snow. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's do better preparation than we did for the COVID pandemic, for example. Yes. That would, that exactly. would be a good thing. Well, hopefully it'll feel like Y2K. Where that's right. Right, where we can also pat ourselves on the back and yeah. say we did and, that. And, and, Look at how easy that was, right? For that reason, 
we, we just put out, I just want to note to the, to the viewers here today and to the listeners, we put out a paper in Nature last week. It was published by Nature, peer-reviewed, about this roadmap, this transition from RSA to the post-RSA world. This takes roadmapping, it takes an understanding, and the papers were in for broad audiences in mind um, in terms of how do we transition from what we've been doing for 40 years to this new paradigm. And so uh, maybe in the links we can provide, uh, you know, we'll probably yeah. link to that paper. So why don't we just, in the last few minutes we have left here, go through some of the positive ways in which blockchain technology can you know, integrate with your like with this quantum processing, this, yeah. quantum, this quantum technologies that you're using for all these positive things, right? So you've talked about drug discovery and sort of battery research. Sure, yeah, let's stuff. talk about how that. Does yeah. the, how does it become useful sure. for this process? Well, so we talked a lot about this encryption issue, right? Mm -hmm. And now if we want to go beyond that issue in terms mm -hmm. of, okay, let's assume now that we've gotten on a roadmap of moving blockchain to better encryption foundations. I think about it as the pillars of blockchain, right? Encryption is the core pillar mm -hmm. of all blockchain. Assuming we're moving that, now we can take a step back and now look at the other, again, applications of quantum. We talked about faster battery development, faster development of, for example, wind turbines. We've been approached by wind turbine makers to say, our wind turbine blades are very heavy and moving at great speeds, this has become a big issue. And so we want to make wind turbines bigger and bigger, more capable, creating more renewable power. Mm. Could we, using our quantum equations on these GPUs, start to design better materials for wind turbines? That's one area that we're going to be looking at. But once we decide, for example, on a new battery chemistry, we can use blockchain to track the provenance of all those chemicals as they make it into that battery. We want to make sure that the elements that arrived in your battery and your electric vehicle did not come from some conflict zone, right? right where it was you know, part of a very major issue. We want to make sure that we understand where all the components came from so that we have a good sense that this EV was made uh, in a way that used uh, good labor practices and all the practices that were positive to make that electric vehicle. So blockchain is critical, I think, as we now revolutionize in the clean tech era, making sure that we are tracking all that type of materials. The same thing with drugs. Drugs also are made from different components and they're called APIs. And again, that has to be tracked. Where did those come from? Those initial components that are used in the manufacturing cycle to make that pill or that infusion or that shot that somebody might take for Alzheimer's for Parkinson's, for oncology, or for heart disease. And so again, blockchain, I think, we want to use blockchain more and more as a way to track assets, both digital assets, but also assets in the physical world. So I think there's a lot of great uses of blockchain. I think blockchain is just starting. Um, but as soon as we can really reset the foundations of blockchain, we're gonna be in a much better position. Do we think the Bitcoin community is going to be able to get there though when they just talk about everything being perfect, yeah. never going to change anything? You know, it, it's so much of its mindset. Yeah. And I think it, it's not helpful. We had comments, you know, from Christine Lagarde and others attacking essentially that community, I would mm. really say. And so when you get your back up and get defensive, the concern is that we're not going to reach this kind of practical approach to things that's going to enable a much better system. So I mean, but I, if it's I'm a threat, hopeful, right? I mean, presumably it says like, we will die yeah. if we don't do this, right? I mean, you, you're yeah. confident that, that eventually these communities will work this out? I, I, I'm hopeful that they can. Again, the good news in the blockchain, unlike the SNDL attack that we have on current data, right? So when we have, you know, data that is intellectual property, things like that. That is urgent right now. That we're working on right now. We're working with pharma companies and banks and yeah. telcos because that's urgent right now. With blockchain, we don't have the SNDL issue. We don't have the issue mm -hmm. because of the way the blockchain is made. It, you can try to, there's nothing to steal now and decrypt later. Right. It's really just once we have scaled quantum computers in real time, right, which is coming, yeah. then that's a big, that's, that's an existential threat. Yeah. 
existential so here threat. Are the choices, right? And so we yeah. have to just work for four or five years together. Yeah. Okay. So it's no so that threat. we don't have a crisis. Here it is. It's gonna it's yeah. gonna radically just uh, decapitate, frankly, mm. like the ability of blockchains to do anything unless it's taken seriously. Yeah. Call to action from yes. our guest yeah. Jack yes. today to tell us we can choose to put our heads in the sand, which I think is a mindset <laughs> we're seeing all over the world right now, yeah. or we can get ahead of it. Yeah. And I think at a best case scenario, like Y two K, where maybe as a retail user you just have a you have to flip something. I don't even remember doing uh, anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Most consumers never had to exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's the hope. Otherwise, it was all my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. Those are yeah. the options. All right. Look, Jack, yeah. this is so Benjamin. So like, so really, much. just breaking it all down for us, like giving a sense of what is the threat, but also the opportunity. I think that's yeah. a, that's sort of a great way to wrap it yeah. up. I think this has been an excellent episode. Thank we'll you. We'll check in in future novices. Absolutely. Progress. We will meet a post quantum world at some point. But I would say a call to action to everyone listening us today: reach out to us. We want to come together as a community. That's the call to action. The call to action is check it out online, get an understanding of quantum safe protocols. Uh, if there's videos about it, we're putting this paper out from nature. It's very accessible. We'll make it more and more accessible over the coming months now because this is the moment for people to now embrace this new technology. I know it's been 40 years, but <laughs> it is time. It is time for the new evolution. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Money Reimagined. Today's show featured Michael J. Casey, Sheila Warren, and guest Jack Kaderi. This episode has been edited and produced by Michelle Mousseau with announcements by Adaby Levine. Have any questions or comments? We would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, Money Reimagined. Or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And from all of us at Coindesk and the Money Reimagined team, thanks for listening. <laughs>